gap analysis isn't figuring out how to fix Michael Strahan's teeth. So what is gap analysis? When do I need it? How do I use it? Hi, I'm James C. Taylor of Biologics Consulting, and joining me to answer those questions is David Pepperell, senior consultant and leader of our non-clinical team. This is Insight at Biologics. Hi, David. Now, for people who don't know you quite as well as I do, why don't you tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure, James. My name is David Pepperell. I'm a pharmacologist and toxicologist with Biologics Consulting, and I've been with the company for a little over 18 years. I've got a background in pharmacology, toxicology, cell and molecular biology, and I've been consulting for a little bit over 20 years now in drug development, product development, and regulatory affairs. I've been with, again, Biologics since about 2004 and heading up the non-clinical team since about 2015. And now I want to get into gap analysis. I looked up a little bit about it when I found out I was going to be interviewing you about it, but I don't really understand a lot about it, so this will be a perfect opportunity for anybody else in that same boat to learn. So just broadly, what is gap analysis? Well, in biopharmaceutical industry, we see a lot of projects and a lot of clients and sponsors come to us with uh, either early stage projects, middle stage, late stage projects of all sorts. And uh, a lot of times we need a place to start. They ask for help, assistance with their program, and you need to start somewhere. You can't just dive into a specific question and address the finer points of what they're asking without first reviewing what they have and doing more of a deep dive. Gap assessment is really an early stage, in-depth evaluation or assessment of any clients or sponsors or companies development program. And in our case, it's usually a biotech development for say a vaccine or a cell or gene therapy, a small molecule, medical device. And essentially what we can do and what is done with a gap analysis is an outside group can come in, review all the data, all the information on the product and provide an assessment of where any critical gaps or holes in the program might be for whatever stage they're at. They may be at filing a regulatory submission with the FDA, or they may be talking to investors. So it's good to know if there's any critical omissions or gaps in your program that may lead to stumbling blocks or clinical hold or some adverse finding that may halt your development program. So a lot of what we do is early stage assessments of development programs for biotech companies to see if there's anything critical missing before they move on to that next step. And it's good to have some uh, an outside pair of eyes on one's program because you know it gives a fresh perspective, a sort of an unbiased perspective as to where things stand. And we would look for those gaps, if you will. And the gaps have to be a, compared to wherever the company or sponsor or client wants to be if they want to file a regulatory submission, an IND with the FDA, 
or if they want to have a pre-IND or, again, talk to investors. It has to be against some key milestone in their program. So whatever that milestone is, you're trying to identify where any shortcomings may be. And that's where the what the gap would be. And sometimes a client has just about everything they need and it's just very minor points that we inform them of. So it, it can be anything from one to the other, quite a broad spectrum. All right, now, who needs a gap analysis? Typically, uh, uh, it's any company that's moving toward a critical juncture in their development pathway or program. In our case, it's small to mid-size or, or even large biotech companies, drug companies, or medical device that will be looking make a regulatory submission or something along those lines, and then they have to prepare information for regulators and submit that. And of course, you want to go into the regulatory agencies with your best foot forward. So you you have a dossier you would prepare, and we would prepare that for them. Now, you had mentioned that this is done by someone outside of the project itself. So who does perform the gap analysis? Well, typically what we see at least is clients come to us and as an outside, as a consulting company, it's it's often consultants or somebody outside the organization who would have that fresh perspective or highly objective perspective So usually you want to have a group or person or persons, depending on the scope of the gap analysis. It could be be a very focused gap analysis of one area, like non-clinical in my area, or it could be very broad and then have chemistry manufacturing, non-clinical, clinical, clinical, regulatory. So it, it really depends on what you need. So if you need a whole consulting organization, you may just need one consultant or one outside person. Maybe it's a academic who is an expert in the field, but it's usually a group that can provide that broad development and regulatory expertise and somebody, again, who's not you know, within the program or within the company, although that could be a case in the case of a large company. You might have some people who aren't familiar with that project and they might look it over. But in general, it's good to have a, a fresh objective set of eyes on the program. So what determines the scope of a gap analysis? You mentioned that it can be very focused or can be very broad. So what determines the breadth of the analysis? Well, most cases, James, they're they're pretty broad. They're usually covering all the different disciplines. And again, in our case, CMC, chemistry, non-clinical, clinical, regulatory, and maybe medical device if a client has a medical device involved with their program. But what really drives the breadth and the diversity of the gap analysis is is what they have it, it, and what they're requesting. It's best, certainly, if you can review everything, if you can have a team involved and review everything that they have. But sometimes companies or clients will come in and they have a good handle on the manufacturing and they just don't know maybe what they'll need for the non-clinical, the animal studies, toxicology, pharmacology, or they just need a second perspective on that. 
And sometimes it's the other way around. It may be they have the non-clinical, but they don't have any CMC. Over the years, I've seen most of them are comprehensive, uh, covering all the different areas. And and that's often beneficial because we also need to start somewhere. We need to get the, you know, the information and digest it and take it in and consider it in relation to where the client wants to be. So it's good that if we can do that early stage review, but sometimes they only need a very focused assessment if, if they might have the, ex- the other experts in-house already and they're missing some little aspect or they're not confident of their data, uh, those kind of things that really drive the, the scope of it. Okay, so you perform a gap analysis and you have an idea of where you could improve things in your project. What do you do with that? Well, again, what we would typically do is take the time needed to review the material, go back to possibly background material or regulatory submissions that maybe they've submitted or just basic data, papers. And we would normally get our notes or thoughts in order and, again, compare it to what they're targeting, whether it be a pre-IND or a a mid-stage regulatory submission or a marketing application, a a biologic license application or a new drug application to the FDA, or typically an IND, an investigational new drug application, what we're most accustomed to dealing with. And then we would write up a memo or dossier to the client and say, Here's what we reviewed. We reviewed documents one, two, three, and four, and we found these shortcomings. We found these findings that might impact your program and indicate how significant they are. Certain finding number one is minor. It may not cause any problem, but finding number two, you can't move forward unless you address that. You may need an animal study or you may need to remanufacture your product or add some additional tests to your product qualification, something along those lines. So we would prepare a, at least I prepare a memo or a document that lays out what documents were reviewed and then specify comments on specific documents, particularly if they're larger ones like uh, regulatory submissions or reports, critical uh, reports, and what comments I might have on those. And then the client could subsequently use those as a plan or marching orders and say, oh, okay, this is what we need to do, or let's talk about this. Let's consider what, do we really need to do that? We may not have the financial wherewithal to do that. So there's a lot of things that can come out of it, but often we'll do these analyses and the clients will discuss them and then they'll move on to address those gaps and move on to their next stage of development. So if I'm understanding this correctly, this is a way I'm seeing of preventing future stumbling blocks. You know, it's seeing that you could run into this issue down the road if you don't correct the areas identified by the gap analysis, and that could end up costing you you time. So taking this little bit of time to do the analysis in the beginning could actually save you in the long run, correct? Yeah, exactly. And I'd say it could be done for any sort of 
project, really. And it's just a matter of how much resources and time you have to put to it. But again, not only is the gap analysis a great place for somebody like us or a consulting group to start when we're working with a client, it allows us to identify those key stumbling blocks and certainly save time and money if you don't want to go into FDA and then get a clinical hold, have your IND put on hold because you were missing a study or you missed some endpoint or you had some adverse finding or you had an impurity in your manufactured material, if you can identify that and make sure everything is is in line, it may cost more down the road, cost more in the short term, but then it will save certainly time and significant amounts of money potentially. And certainly sometimes we identify clients that are doing more than they need uh, on occasion. Uh, they may be performing more or maybe the wrong studies that aren't really going to address the right questions. And then we can guide them to say, hey, this study may not be necessary, but you may need to do this other study and another model to properly address what the regulators are looking for. It can get the program on track. It could save clients time and money, maybe help hone the program so that it's more focused and more efficient in the end. Right. I was going to say, it looks like you have two different areas where you can find efficiencies, both in avoiding problems and in streamlining your process. So, all right, I have a study and I say, David, I want you to perform a gap analysis. What do I need to give to you and your team? Well, generally, and, and James, a lot of these are performed on entire programs. So, you know, we could look at a single large study, like you said, you mentioned, but they could also be generally on an entire program. So they've, they've come up to this point and uh, what they should give us or what they should provide to any group, outside group that's performing these assessments is everything, essentially. <laughs> as much as you can, certainly papers that have been published, study reports, batch records for for produced material, specifications for producing the, the drug or the biologic or um, anything, and then animal studies, analytical tests, results, essentially everything that, that they can afford to give us within reason. The more data that an outside group has to evaluate, the more comprehensive an assessment that can be performed, just like anything else. And you have to be careful. Like if you're submitting things to the FDA, you don't want to bombard them with too much you know, useless detail. You want to provide them what's salient and succinct. Right. But at the same time for us, what we see, we can take everything. We can take reports and even you know notes or just data and figures and that's something that helps us too, that if they provide us with some reports or just figures and tables, but they don't have the data presented in terms of a an actual study report, that could be a gap because you need to have study reports. You need to have the data written up in a meaningful fashion that has the results and conclusions and methods presented in a meaningful way so that 
can not only consultants, but then ultimately the FDA can review it. So in providing us with everything, we can see that, well, they have reports or they don't have reports, so they're lacking something. So it really boils down to getting the reviewing organization or your consultants as much as possible to review on the program so that they can provide the, the best and most comprehensive feedback. So you really want to create a broad picture so that you can see in all the possible problem areas. That's why you want to give everything. Now, you had mentioned earlier a, a dossier. Is a dossier usually the way that the results are presented to the sponsor? Yeah. It might be as a memo or a, a write-up or an attachment or a, a combined assessment from the different consultants. You may have, again, two or three different people working on this gap analysis for the client, and uh, those can be combined into one overall assessment. And then that can be provided to the client, and then they can review it and then say, oh, okay, we need to do X, Y, and Z, but otherwise A, B, and C are okay in those areas. And uh, we may want to talk about some of these other items and need clarification. So it's it's usually a bit of that. It's it's a it's a it's a write up that we would provide to the client after completing our assessment. Okay, and uh, now I have a kind of a slightly weird question, but it, it it happens in the business world. So should a sponsor fear? A gap analysis. Fear. No. I mean, wouldn't you want to know? I guess it's I guess it's a little bit going to the dentist and you, you mentioned fear. <laughs> Everything may be fine and you want to find that out and you have a checkup and you get that checkup where then again, you may have a sore tooth and you go in there and the dentist will tell you what it is and he'll address it or he or she will address it. Mm-hmm. We don't know if we're missing something. Are we ready? Sometimes the sponsor's they know a great deal about their product. They may know a great deal about uh, development and all the different areas, but sometimes there's just something that you might miss. And that's why it's good to have that outside perspective and experts working in the field for years and years to look at these the programs with a fresh set of eyes and with that regulatory perspective and an outside perspective to give you that assessment. And I think you should welcome feedback. Sometimes it's welcome, sometimes it isn't so much, but it, it, I think it's important to know where you're at and you don't want to go into, you don't want to press forward, you know, with a, a substandard program for sure. You had mentioned in explaining it a little bit about the dentist and they always say about dental problems, you should go in as early as possible because waiting never makes it less <laughs> of a problem yeah. when it comes to the dentist. And I imagine it works similarly for a gap analysis. Earlier in the process is generally better, correct? To a degree, yeah. And that's a good uh, segue to a point I wanted to make. You really need to have some substantive data, whether you know you're, whether it's just cl- chemistry or just non-clinical or an overall program. You have to have some good data an outside group to find gaps. If you are too early and you just have some ideas and you have 
thoughts on where to go, but you haven't really done any of the studies, you haven't really manufactured your material, you may not even be in position for a gap analysis because it's all gaps. It may be too gappy <laughs> in, that, in that sense. You know, so what in that, in that case, what a sponsor or client needs is more of a development plan. And, and that's more of a roadmap to okay. how to get from where they're at to their final goal, whether it's an IND submission, BLA, NDA, any of the regulatory submission or talking to investors, getting that funding. But if you're too early, we found in our experience that some clients come in and everything is missing. So it's like, well, you need a plan to move forward and that can be provided as well, but it's not really a gap analysis. So it's really, you have to have something substantive to work with and hopefully the gaps are are minor and not Grand Canyon-esque. Thank you to David Pepperell for joining us. If you'd like more information, just email us at insight at biologicsconsulting.com. That's insight at biologicsconsulting.com. The executive producer of Insight at Biologics is Chris Crayhansel. This episode was produced and edited by James C. Taylor. Technical supervisor is Jeff Weiss. The Insight at Biologics theme is by Tom Rory Parsons. I'm James C. Taylor. Thank you for joining us. Please come back for more Insight at Biologics. Thank you.